If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, February 29th. It's leap year. It's Do you call it leap day? No, it's leap year. This is going to be the first time and only time I'm going to have a February 29th show for four years. You better enjoy it. And let me tell you, it is unreal what is happening, like what we have to talk about today. Because I already had a full day of a show. Like I had so much information to share with you guys because of all the TV that we watched last night, Reunion Central. And then, and then another lawsuit rises from the ashes. We will be sharing all about it. Those of you that subscribed yesterday, I see you. We're getting closer to 14.4 thousand. Remember my goal is 15,000 by the end of this month. No, next month, March. So we have about 30 days to get me to 15. Okay, I'm going to start a GoFundMe. And if I don't get to 15,000, I'm suing you. Okay, just wait. Mark Garagos is, he's on speed dial, calling you. Just you wait. Oh my gosh, you guys, such breaking news this morning about Rachel Levis from Vanderpump Rules, one third of Scandival, one third of the triangle of Scandival is suing Tom and Ariana. There's a lot of information that has just come out about this. If you don't know about it, we will definitely be talking about it. Bethany is apparently going to be stopping her show, Rewives. The world has listened to our prayers. That's a whole other story. We're going to be talking about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion, Real Housewives of Miami reunion, Love is Blind, episodes 10 and 11, and then just a couple other news stories, which I can't believe. I don't even know if I have time to talk about them, honestly. I may just have to push them over to Patreon. I have no idea. Okay, let's see what we can do here. I'm trying to give you the goods. I'm also trying to make sure that you can, you know, live a life outside of just doing this show. As you guys know, this week, this show is sponsored by ZipRecruiter. I want you guys to remember the fact that this, next weekend, not this weekend, next weekend, we're turning our clocks forward, spring forward, fall back. I remember my mom teaching me when I was a kid. We're going to have more daylight, and that just means that we're going to have more time in the day to look for the perfect hire. But the cool thing about ZipRecruiter is that you don't even need that much time. You really don't because ZipRecruiter speeds up the process of finding your perfect person, your perfect candidate for your role, you know, faster. And that is at ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-N-A, Donna. 
ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna. You can try it for free. You can spring forward with a new hiring partner. That's ZipRecruiter and find top talent sooner. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna. Once again, ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Daily dose of Donna, the smartest way to spend your day today. Yesterday, I uh, sang a song about Vanderpump Rules going away. And today, Vanderpump Rules may have to go away sooner rather than later. And Ariana, oh gosh, this is an interesting story. It really is. It really is. Don't sue me for, for, you know, telling you. But if you do, I understand. I understand. All right, let's start with our first news story. This is not really a news story. This is just some fun, hot topics. Um, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City was seen. Now, um, you know how much I love Salt Lake City, right? Obviously, Monica Garcia got fired. And that is a very unpopular slash popular opinion because a lot of people are happy about it and some are not. And then um, they brought in some new housewives. Now, I don't know who these women are. I've just seen them. We've seen pictures of them at some sort of basketball game. And now we saw a video of them last night at a gay bar. Looks like there were some drag queens in attendance. It looked awesome and fun. And Lisa Barlow was doing her little dance. And Heather Heather Gay was in some sort of a robe. Mary, my girl, Mary Cosby. I know. I know. I, I, I Clearly, I'm into like, what is it? Masochism or something because I love Mary Cosby so much. Um, she was there and all the guys in the audience, all the people in the audience were saying, Mary, Mary. And she was dancing. We did see some of the new housewives. I don't know who they are. And, and um, Angie Kay was there and she was dancing. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Now, why is it? And no offense to Milwaukee, because I actually like Milwaukee and, 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 you know, there's nothing wrong with Milwaukee. I'm just curious. Like, why is it that Salt Lake City never seems to go on like amazing? They did go to the Bahamas, right? They went to, was it the Bahamas? Where was that famous, you know, receipts proof timeline screenshot? Where was that? It was in the Bahamas, right? Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle, the triangle. Um, so we'll have to see, you know, where they go and why the F they're in um, Milwaukee. I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, Cindy says, don't know why you love Mary. She's awful. Here's the thing. I agree. I think she's awful. I think she's absolutely awful. I think she's the most entertaining housewife I've ever seen because she's so out of bounds. Like she's so out there with her comments. You never know what you're going to get with Mary. And to me, it's like a box of chocolates. You really never know what you're going to get. I'm into it. I like it. I don't know. I really, I really enjoy, enjoy. And Mark is going to sue me because of lost productivity. There should be a cost to our daily temptations. Ooh. I tempt you on a daily. Put that on Reddit. Okay. Let's keep it going. Another story. Bronwyn, who's probably next to Sue Andy. Let's be honest. Bronwyn. Wyndham Burke or whatever her name was, she was at, um, she was on OC a couple seasons ago, her and her 47,000 kids with her husband, Sean, they had the most like ridiculous life and marriage. And it was just, it seemed so strange and produced and like showbiz kids. 
she always irked me. I was never a fan of hers. And then sure enough, she not only became sober on the show, she announced that she was an alcoholic and then she became, she came out, right? And now she's either in a relationship or married. I don't even know. She left California, moved somewhere else with her girlfriend, fiance. I have no idea. Wife, couldn't tell you. And I guess in Us Weekly, she has a little bit of an article today. So she writes on her Instagram post, thank you, Us Weekly. This article comes at the end of the hardest three years of my life. I've kept quiet about so much, but after a late night phone call from my ex's girlfriend, that's Sean's, is her ex-husband's girlfriend, where I realized he was continuing the cycle of abuse and manipulation. I knew I couldn't keep talking around it. To do so would would be to allow the cycle of abuse to continue. Um, oh my gosh. I married young. Back then, I didn't understand what being married to a narcissist meant. I didn't have the words to articulate the financial and emotional abuse I suffered. I was put down, called names, and told that my memories weren't right and would get told lies that made no sense but wouldn't question. I was made to feel crazy. It's taken some intense therapy to understand what this has done to me. And while every part of me wants to keep this to myself, if I can help one person feel less alone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, she's saying we break the cycle of abuse by sharing our story. So here's mine. I covered for someone I was lied to for decades. I was made to feel insane. I was left penniless and thought I would never recover, but I have, and I haven't drank. I see you. I believe you. We aren't alone. Okay. While that seems like a heartfelt statement and I have no idea, you know, what is really going on with Sean. I have no idea about Bronwyn and Sean. This is the part that is a little interesting. Her kids have come out, a few of them, on their own social media, one of them being Rowan Wyndham Burke. I wish I could tell you how old Rowan is. I don't know the details of her kids, but I remember on the show, they were like some of them were early teens and some of them were under 10. So like I'm imagining they're in their teens or maybe like late teens at this point. I have no idea. Uh, Rowan Wyndham Burke says all of this is lies about their mom every last bit. And it is disgusting. If anyone had my original post, please send it to me. I didn't screenshot what I said in time. My dad is not the narcissist, quite the opposite. Stop with the lies, mother. I'm done. We're all done. Then Jacob Windenberg writes this on his stories. Hi, it's Jacob, Bronwyn's son. I'm the one who did drag on the show. If you guys remember the storyline, there was a small little storyline that she had one son, Jacob, who was in his teens and he dressed in drag for some sort of, I don't remember if it was like a, a concert, an event, a prom. I can't, I can't remember. He says this, my mother is an abuser, liar, and manipulator. I believe in second chances, but not 20th chances. My mom will not be happy about me writing this. To be honest, I am quite scared, but she has been harassing my dad for many years now. And last time she called me, she just yelled at me for talking to my dad's girlfriend. So I don't know. Bye. Gonna log off of Insta for another three years. That is not good. That sounds real unfortunate. And whenever you have a story with kids going after their parents, it always makes you question. I mean, it really does. I don't find, I mean, who are we to speak on it? Because I have absolutely no idea what is the truth or what is not. I just think that Bronwyn's a little out there personally. Um, 
you know, she's someone commented, the bitchy housewife commented on her Instagram post about this and says, your children are saying otherwise. And she says, I'm sad, but I'm not surprised if you knew the dynamics with their dad. Um, it's interesting. I mean, we'll have to watch it. We'll have to watch it. Another comment that just like jumped out at me. Um, question. There was a few comments made on the show that Sean covered up your drinking and it came across like he was protecting you from embarrassment. Was it actually because he wanted you to be sick? She says, I spent a week on the closet floor. He was the one bringing me drinks. I eventually called a friend and got me help. Interesting. We're going to have to do a deep dive on Bronwyn, you guys. We're going to have to do a deep dive on Bronwyn. Um, yeah, that's not a comment I agree with at all. Okay, so let's keep it going. Um, let's get into the Rachel a bit all because it is a big story. Oh, no, let's talk really quickly. And it's it segues perfectly into Rachel, and that's Bethany. So I did not listen to it, but apparently on her newest podcast episode, I think it's her Just Be With Bethany show. I have no idea. Apparently, according to you guys on my Facebook group, she had sent a message to iHeart. She told iHeart, who produces Just Be With Bethany, in addition to, um, you know, her, her Rewives podcast. Now, you remember... Bethany very famously left the housewives and said, I am done talking about the housewives. They're below me. I'm not into it. I'm over it. Then in the last year or so, when she became a TikTok influencer and was trying everything under the sun, you know, with makeup and with clothing and whatever, it doesn't matter. It's entertaining. We all love it. But she then became obsessed with talking about Bravo. And then she started her Rewives podcast. Remember, this is when she famously went on last time on Watch What Happens Live. It was in December of 2022 with Jeff Lewis as the co-host, as the other guest, sorry. And this was the episode where Andy kind of called her out saying like, well, you used to say that this was stupid and like now you're okay talking about it, which was the the first, um, you know, line in the in the drawing of Andy's and her friendship breakup. She hated, hated the fact that he called her out on national TV in public. Like it really upset her. And um, <laughs> Lance says, don't forget the cottage cheese. That's true. She created cottage cheese. Bethany is why I'm here. I am only a podcaster for Bethany. So um, so then in this moment, she, uh, you know, started Rewives and she spent the better part of this last year dissecting Housewives. It's all over her TikTok. Remember, she had Nini on her show. She had um, a bunch of different Bravo stars, including the famous Rachel Levis at the time. I believe it was Raquel. I have no idea what she was calling herself by at that time. It really put her on the map with this and then the reality reckoning. And we don't even need to go that much deeper into this, but she had, she was working with Brian Friedman and Mark Garagos, two of the attorneys who are also coincidentally behind Brandy Glanville, Liam McSweeney, and now Rachel Levis. By the way, this is a little bit of a side note. Every time I say the word coincidentally, I think of Regis Philbin, like pour one out for Reach. He always used to say, Co coincidentally, I love Reach, love him. Um, Like I want to hang out with Regis Philbin and Joan Rivers. 
Like, could you think of anything better? How entertaining could life be? So anyway, um, Mark Aragos, Brian Friedman are the ones behind all these lawsuits. And then today, Deadline.com announces, and now it's everywhere, that Rachel Levis, I have the article right here in front of me, has now decided to sue, not Bravo, not um, NBC Universal, and not Andy Cohen, although they're mentioned many times in this 19-page lawsuit. She decides to sue Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox for revenge porn. So to remind you guys, the reason and the way that um, they were found, uh, they were found out, basically, the the affair was found out was, uh, according to Ariana, she picked up Tom Sandoval's phone at TomTom when it fell out of his um, pocket during some sort of a performance. She picks it up, she looks at his photos, and sure enough, there's a screen record of him FaceTiming with Rachel and Rachel is allegedly pleasuring herself. Okay. Now he has screen recorded it. So he illegally and without her consent recorded this video of a very, very private moment. And you guys know, I am not a huge Rachel fan, but this is really uncool, like really not okay. And, and I am a big believer in not just like being a sheep and believing only one thing. And Tom did Rachel major, majorly dirty here because he wanted to like feel hot and sexy and turned on later and rewatch this video. But it's not okay to record unless she had any idea. And it's one thing like if I send Lance, hey Lance, if I send Lance some sort of a sexual or or pretty picture or whatever, I'm sending it to him. I'm giving him consent to own that picture. But if he's recording, screen recording, and she's not aware of it, that's not okay. By the way, I wonder if you're FaceTiming with someone, if you're FaceTiming with someone and you screen record, do they get a notification? They should. Because I think if you do screen record like phone calls and stuff, you do get a notification. Anyway, regardless, she did not know about it. Ariana found this photo, this video, and allegedly sent it to herself which actually totally makes sense because if she sends it to herself so that he can't delete it and say like, what are you talking about? That never happened. So it does make sense why she would do that, right? That being said, technically that's illegal distribution, illegal recording and illegal distribution of what she's considering, you know, porn. She filed today here in LA and essentially it says, um, she was, Scandival captured the, this is what it says. Scandival captured the public's attention in a massive way, went completely viral and injected new life into Vanderpump rules. And when we're saying injections, we're not talking about Botox. Speaking of, I'm going to get my Botox tomorrow. It also caused mayhem in Levis's life, culminating in months long inpatient treatment at a mental health facility and her departure from the show. Fomented by Bravo, fomented, F-O-M-E-N-T-E-D, fomented by Bravo and Evolution in conjunction with the cast, Levis was subjected to a public skewering with little precedent and became, without exaggeration, one of the most hated women in America. All true. All true. It says Bravo, NBC Universal, Andy Cohen, and his Vanderpump producers are not named in the legal action, but they're sure named all over it. At the same time as the behind the scenes machinations of the unscripted world is coming under increased scrutiny 
Um, Brian Friedman and Mark uh, Garagos, Garagos represented ex-VR star, wants all copies of the sex tape destroyed and an injunction to shut down every, anyone ever seeing it again. And that's on NBCU's Bravo and Producers, Amazon MGM Studios, Evolution Media. Okay. It is clear that Bravo deliberately sacrificed Levis for the sake of its commercial interest from its refusal to allow her to, the opportunity to tell her side of the story and defend herself, which she repeatedly begged for permission to do. This part I don't get. We very clearly saw Rachel Levis sit down with Andy Cohen in a one-on-one and then sit in the reunion and then have her um, confessionals filmed after the fact that this is all found out. And we never heard her say that like she defended herself so it's not like they stopped her from from telling her side of the story that part is is um unclear thank you lisa foment is to stir up something unpleasant how did they use it again they said you guys by the way this is daily dose of donna school Yesterday, we learned the difference between vibrators and dildos, and today we're learning the word foment. Fomented by Bravo and Evolution, so stirred up unpleasantly by Bravo and Evolution. Okay, that makes sense. Thanks, Lisa. Um, anyway, it's a 19-page complaint, and it says, what you saw on TV is not really all what was going on. So Rachel basically says that while you saw that you know Ariana was the victim, what you're not seeing is that Actually, what was happening was Rachel was taken advantage of and was the victim of predatory and dishonest behavior of an older man, which just sounds awful. And, you know, Tom's like, dude, I'm not that old. Um, an older man who recorded sexually explicit videos of her without her knowledge or consent, which were then distributed, disseminated, and discussed publicly by a scorned woman seeking vengeance, catalyzing the scandal. To make matters worse, she was misled by Bravo and Evolution into believing that she was contractually barred from speaking out about her mistreatment. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, so I guess she's saying that Bravo basically said, like, mum's the word, you're not allowed to talk about it. Meanwhile, probably Ariana, Sheena, as we know, Lala, Tom, all of them were just like blabbing out, not caring. And Rachel listened and didn't say a word. So that's why Rachel was silent AF for a long time before she finally spoke to Bethany. So that's interesting. Um, anyway, it's, it's, it goes on and on and on and on and on. It's a really long um, article. I will tell you this. If anyone recorded me falsely doing something that personal and that private, I would be mortified. And then for that to come out as like the reason or the tipping of the iceberg of why this whole scandal had fallen, like the the affair was found out. Like it's not just your husband that's recording or your wife or your best friend. This is, oh, it does actually feel really, really bad. Tom probably is saying she knew I was recording. It was totally like fine with her. Um, so when it comes to that actual video, I have to say I'm on Raquel's side, but to sue Ariana feels like a stretch because A, Ariana didn't know if it was illegally or non-illegally recorded when she saw it. B, it does make sense that Ariana would send it to herself because in two seconds, Tom would delete that video and pretend it never existed. And then Ariana would be, be gaslit into believing that she like made it up. Um. <laughs> And, um, and so I don't know, 
I don't know. I find it all really shady. Uh, it's just, you guys, this is, is this the era? Like we're in, we're no longer in our Bravo era. I need to create merch saying I'm in my, you know, Bravo lawsuit era. Like Emily D Baker and Bravo docket are going to have to work overtime with all these lawsuits that they have to dissect. Maybe I need to get a law degree. That's what I should do. I should go to school. I'm going to get Kim Kardashian on the case because Kim is a lawyer. You guys know that. Um, it will be really, really interesting to see what happens. I think that the fact um, Holly says Tom's age doesn't matter. Rachel is an adult. I agree. I think that she used the world words older gentleman or older man to really like, you know, it's all about your language. It's all about how do we kind of like verbalize this to fully get, um, you know, uh, our point across in the best possible way. Craig, Craig, Craig is going to, um, be the lead. He should be, there needs to be a legal show on Bravo now, but it would all be about Bravo. It would be like, so today, today on, um, Real Houses of Miami, Andy Cohen gets sued again. <laughs> it's pretty bananas how crazy this whole suing thing is, but I'm curious to see what happens. I don't know how much she's suing them for. I think it's unspecified damages, but don't you guys kind of agree she has a right in that one small spot? But I agree, Leslie, all the other stuff in the lawsuit is just to make it salacious. The only thing that matters is Tom recording her. <laughs> Michelle says the clubhouse will now be the courthouse. Welcome to Watch What Happens Live. Today in court, we have, instead of the bartender, it's like the um, the judge, Judge Lauren Lake. Gonna be fun. Okay, we've got to move on, right? We've got to move on. We're tight schedule today. I hope you guys have no plans today. I hope you've literally cleared your schedule for this show. We have to talk about Beverly Hills first because I'm gonna go in order and then Love is Blind will be last for those of you that haven't yet watched two episodes, but it's a fast two episodes. You gotta watch it. Okay, it's not the end. All right. Beverly Hills, what a thrill aired last night. This is a couple of interesting things that I found about it. Number one, we see, of course, the behind the scenes in the green rooms or in the trailers, I should say, getting ready for the actual reunion. These are my favorite parts. I love seeing the behind the scenes in the dressing rooms. Obviously, we see them all showing up. It's interesting that Erica Jane was there at like 6 a.m. and Sutton showed up at 740. Like, what's the deal with that? Did some of them say, no, I'm going to get the majority of my hair and makeup done at home and then I'll come? So they go to the, to the, you know, we're all at the trailer, the trailers on set. Um, Erica goes into Dorit's room. Now, at this point, we have yet to know that Dorit is coming out dressed like Princess Jasmine. We don't know this yet. At this point, we just think that, you know, she is, uh, she's just going to dress like a, you know, a typical Beverly Hills housewife. But we should have known with the way that her hair was already very strongly parted. We hadn't seen, you know, the, the strand yet, but she had, she was having an IV being put into her body for hydration. She's very nervous. You could tell she was having a conversation with Erica who, all of a sudden is the voice of reason, which is the weirdest thing. And she's talking to Erica about the fact that she got this text from Kyle. She shows the text to Kyle, to Erica and Erica 
reads the entire thing, says, wow, this is like a novel, reads little clips of it. We've talked about this ad nauseum, so I don't need to read the text again. But Dorit says, do you feel that this is manipulative? And Erica straight up, and Erica's close with Kyle, but Erica calls it like it is, said, yeah, I actually do. I actually think this is manipulative, which I do as well. Because you have to remember, this is not your bestie talking to you. This is someone that you have not talked to for months. And then they send you that long text message. Hey, make sure don't say this. Don't bring this up. I love you. The day before the reunion. It's giving like, um, you know, trying to like get in all the extra credit to your teacher before grades are due. It's like, how can I make sure that I get a good grade on the reunion? Okay, I have to get more comfortable here. So then, then, you know, I bought this chair on, um, on TikTok. It's one of those crisscross chairs that you saw all over your feeds. And I'm telling you, it really works on a day like this. Okay. So then we go over to Kyle. Now Kyle's getting her hair done. And this is an example. This is a good example here of the difference of Andy Cohen and typical employers and employee relationships versus a real housewives experience. Okay. If your boss comes to you and talks to you and says something as a joke, you usually don't respond in the way that someone like Kyle did to Andy. He came in and he was joking. So Mauricio is going to show up for the reunion today. Uh, You know, Kyle freaks out. You're lying. And then she says, he goes, yeah, I'm joking. And she says, I'm going to effing kill you or something like a joke. And when she said that, I was thinking to myself, this is a perfect, oh my God, Ray bought the chair because of my TikTok. This is a perfect example of what the difference is with Andy. Like when you hear employer, employee, you usually think of like, yeah, you're my boss. I can't speak to you this way. But they didn't have really, like, there's not normal employer, employee relationships between Andy and the housewives. It's just not the same way. It's much more um, friendly and casual. Okay. Anyway. I'm trying to think of anything. Oh, another interesting thing that happened before the show was uh, they all were kind of slowly filing themselves onto set. Sutton says, I can't feel my feet. Did you find that interesting? She goes, I can't see and I can't feel my feet. The only reason I bring that up is because we know that in episode two or three, we're going to see a medical emergency. So maybe she was having like blood circulation issues anyway. Um, Garcelle sits down next to Sutton. We have uh, Crystal sitting down. We have Anna Marie sitting down. Um, Kyle sits down. Erica sits down. And Dorit is nowhere to be found. And all of a sudden, they go and they film Dorit outside. Andy Cohen even makes a comment saying, I'm so glad I was here at 830 this morning to wait for Dorit to be sewn into her dress. They're standing outside. Now, this is what I found interesting. And these are the things that go unnoticed by most people because I texted my friend Valerie last night about it. And I was like, did you see this? She said, no, I missed it. She's standing there getting sewn into her, um, her shirt, right? She's getting sewn into her shirt or her dress. She's drinking um, some water. She's very hydrated, this woman. And she's got notebooks. She's got receipts, proof, timeline, screenshots. She's reading through them. You know that they have to go. And honestly, I've thought about this before because I I said to myself, like, real housewives are like Sherlock Holmes. Like, they remember everything, and I don't know how they do it. On this one conversation we had on episode three of season two, you said in the confessional, it's crazy, their recall. So now I think that they seriously sit and take notes. And Dorit was like, 
here are the notes of things I want to say. Here's the examples. Here's the moment. Here's the day that they said it. And here's why I said it. Like, I really think there's a, a world where Dorit sits with some sort of like a, who would it be? Like a, maybe not a legal person, but maybe like a manager or a publicist saying like, what are my answers to these questions that I know they're going to drill me on? I know they're going to mention the child bride. I know they're going to mention the um, conversation about Garcelle. Like, I know I have to talk about Kyle. So this, these are my bullet points of what I want to say right? Lance says producers remind them. I do believe they remind them in their confessionals, but not on the reunion. They know everything in the reunion. I just find that kind of interesting. Okay. So they finally get in there. Oh, Holly says Crystal said Dorit made them wait almost two hours. So uh, Crystal was on Jeff Lewis. So I imagine it was this morning. Ooh, I'm curious. I want to hear about that. So they went into um, the reunion like that. Dorit was, I was in shock watching her look, even seeing her look before and knowing what she looked like. I was still like, wait, wait, that was real. Like it, it wasn't a fever dream. So she walks in to, um, to the reunion and they sit down and they kind of just immediately go around asking everyone, how you doing? How you doing? How's everyone going? Like what's going on with you? Whatever. Some things that I found were really interesting, the conversation, obviously, between Dorit and Kyle. Now, I told you guys that I had heard from a source that this text message that Kyle had sent Dorit was not really fully brought up, like in its entirety. But Dorit did say in a moment, you know, that she was, she felt very hurt by Kyle. She felt very dismissed by Kyle. And Kyle had mentioned many times on the show that Erica has been really there for her as a friend, but not Dorit. Then Kyle said, well, I didn't like the fact that you brought up in this moment. I didn't like the fact that you brought up on camera my relationship with Mauricio because Kyle can't do that, right? Like Kyle, we all know my feelings about Kyle this season. This was something that if you brought up to Kyle a real question about what's going on with your marriage, you are immediately considered not a good friend. If you're asking me on camera what's going on with my marriage, you are being mean to me or not a good friend. Dorit asked her in the car, what's going on with, what's going on with you and Mo? Specific, so you need some time away, specifically away from your husband? Um. And then Sutton, of course, was like, what's going on with your marriage? <laughs> All of a sudden, I am um, Beverly Hills Hillbillies. What's going on with your marriage? I can't do these accents. I really can't. You know what? I'm going to sue you because you're making me do accents. Okay? Um, I'm, you guys are going to sue me for having to listen to my accents and my impressions. So Kyle and Dorit have this back and forth. And Kyle basically is saying to Dorit, like, sorry, this is just the truth. We're just not that close. And then she threw Dorit under the bus by saying the one time I did ask you to work out with me, you couldn't hang. I mean, a little bit of a low blow, Kyle. Now we're now we're uh, only being friends with people who have a certain kind of like exercise stamina we, to be friends with Kyle. Do you have to go to training to boot camp? You have to go to boot camp and get some, uh, you know, get a, a workout in, like a, check my blood pressure. You want my Apple watch met metrics to be my friend, Kyle? Anyway, I think that Dorit probably and Kyle did not have a genuine friendship. According to Kyle, she says, I've only gone out with Dorit for like lunch. I can count it on my hand how many times we've gone out to lunch when we're not on camera. 
So listen, we've all had friends like that, that you're friends because you work together, you're friends because maybe your husbands are friends, like something like that. I kind of understand it. Um, Kyle just didn't trust her. She didn't trust her, just like she didn't trust Sutton. Because I think in order to really be Kyle's friend, you don't say a freaking word in public about anything wrong with Kyle. I honestly think that that's the truth. I don't think that, you know... I don't think that uh, that that's the that's the case. Mark says, if Kyle is with Morgan, I'm suing her for not telling us. If Kyle's not with Morgan, I am suing her for gay baiting. Interesting. I think a lot of the fans of Kyle are feeling very, very uh, just dismissed by her. Like I and I don't like this excuse. And you know, bless Amy Phillips. You know, I love that woman, and she was on my show last week talking about the reunion. Last week, she said, you know, Kyle has been on the show 13 years. She, she, she can do whatever she wants. Mm-mm. I disagree. I disagree. I don't believe that the longer you've been on the show gives you a right to be more closed off. In fact, it should be the opposite. Like, we've dedicated so much of our time and our years to watching the show that I don't feel like we in any way should be, you know, watching someone give us like a half-ass version of them after 13 years of getting to know every single person in their family and their dynamics, giving them all of our time, attention, and money and, and love, right? I think it's actually the opposite. So I don't believe this idea of like seniority gives you, gets you off the hook. No, then just be a friend of. Joe says, so they're not close, but Kyle expects loyalty from a really close friend. No wonder she does not have a lot of real friends. Kyle is a contradiction. So this is interesting because they did talk about the fact that, thanks, Joe, for the super sticker. I appreciate you. They did find out about the the conversation that or that Kyle felt dismissed by Dorit or hurt by Dorit in the last reunion. In the last reunion, Kyle's sitting there with Kathy and they're having a little bit of a heated moment. And Dorit decides to like, you know, translate it a little bit for Kyle saying, well, Kyle, I think she wants to feel a little. And Kyle, did you see how quick Kyle turned on Dorit during that moment in that reunion? I don't need to hear what you say. Something like that. Even when um, Dorit mentioned that she has a friendship with Kathy, Kyle immediately was like, it's not a good friendship, right? There's a weird dynamic there. Kyle does not like anyone that's friends with Kathy, right? She does not like Sutton and she doesn't like Dorit. And those are two people that maintain good friends with Kathy. Crystal too, right? There's some weird like dynamic there find it interesting. We're obviously going to learn more about Kyle and Mauricio and everything in the next couple, you know, um, reunion episodes, I hope, because we didn't get like that much. But we all know that we're not going to learn anything from this, probably. Maybe a little something, but we're going to probably learn more from buying Beverly Hills. Um, The other interesting things that happened were the conversations between Garcelle and Dorit. Now, Dorit's tough because I actually like Dorit, but she is such an digs herself in holes left and right, right? She doubles down on things that are just not the smartest thing. But I actually don't think that she is aware enough to understand like where she goes wrong. With the child bride comment, which was specifically towards Crystal, who happens to be Asian, it was clearly a very, um, it had a double meaning, I guess, when you say it to someone that is Asian, which basically means a male order bride, especially because Crystal, it's not true. It's not like Crystal got married very young. She was 24, which in most 
countries and states, that's a pretty average age, I would say. I mean, young, definitely, but, and look at their marriage. Like it's going well. It's not like it was a marriage for convenience or money from what we know. Then um, the whole conversation about Garcelle and how Garcelle called Dorit a Karen. I don't love that. I'm just going to be 100% honest. I really don't love the word, the use of the word Karen when Dorit was just talking out of her ass. Like I don't, when I think of the word Karen, I think of someone that specifically goes and like complains to the manager type of personality. I don't know. Maybe that's not on me, but Garcelle, um, you know, she obviously doesn't like Dorit. It's very clear. And this has been an ongoing issue for a long time. And I know Dorit has made mistakes. And what she really made a mistake on, on was the bubble comment because she said, you know, Dorit was told that she is in a bubble. She lives in like this bubble. And then she doubled down two times on Instagram by saying, if I'm in a love a bubble, it must be a love bubble or this is the only bubble I live in. Bad. I don't like that. Wait, what? Guys, breaking news. Are you serious, Danny? We need to talk about this. Holy moly. Whoa. Jackson and Brittany just announced their divorce, according to Danny Gossip Gal. Wow. I'm not surprised, but I'm highly, highly surprised. Live on Daily Dose of Donna, you guys get breaking news. This is why I go five days a week. Can you imagine if I only had a show once a week? It would be old news. Jax would already have a new girlfriend. Holy moly. Divorce? Are we We have to look. Someone give me a, a source before I spread wrong information. Pause. <laughs> We're going to pause on this. Give me one second. It's not a divorce. It's okay. Okay. Not a divorce. Everyone calm down. Everyone calm down. I'm going to pull up it for you guys. Bravo by Betches is the first thing I just saw. So bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. Also shared it. Actually, I'll just show you guys um, so bad because he's my boy. I'm going to be on Ryan's show next week. Okay. Brittany reveals on this week's podcast that he that she and Jax are taking time apart and she is living in another house. Do you guys think there's a world and then here it is? Bravo by Betches says, Jax and I are taking time apart and I made the decision to move into another home to take some space for the sake of my mental health. Okay. Listen. I do believe it's about the valley. I do believe this is promo for the Valley. However, and I wish you guys, I wish she was here in the live right now because I don't remember her name, but she messaged me on Facebook right after the Vanderpump Rules premiere, I believe. It was something along those lines. It was something around that time. She went to Jax's. And I think I mentioned this on Patreon. I can't remember. She went to Jax's in Studio City with her husband. And she said that after the show aired, they aired some sort of like Vanderpump Rules, where are they now? And it went through the whole Jax and Britney like breaking up and the cheating, whatever. Britney was drunk. This is allegedly. Britney was really, really drunk at Jax's, so just a month ago, and got completely angry, lost her shit, screamed at Jax, and stormed out of the bar. Very crowded bar, too. So 
I do believe that there are some issues going on there. Um, but it wouldn't be surprising if this was a little bit of a valley drumming up. Like, I just don't, I can't do it, you guys. I can't do it if this is like not real because they have a kid involved. Cruz is, he's still young. He's not Googling, but it's not okay. Ugh. Okay, let's keep it going. Wow, that was a side note. Breaking news on Daily Dose of Donna. Um, Back to Garcelle and Dorit. Garcelle and Dorit, um, you're good, Danny. Don't worry about it. She says, I swear I didn't mean to spread incorrect news. I misread while working and watching this. It's okay. It's okay. Rotten hail, Jax. Um, <clears throat> let's move on. Beverly Hills. So they had that conversation. I love how Andy doubled down on Dorit and saying like, it didn't land. That love bubble comment did not land, my friend. So they, um, <laughs> they went through that conversation. Dorit just honestly did not look very good in the, in the episode. She looked real bad in that reunion. Like physically the look was off, but Everything she said, other than the Kyle stuff, was just like a little bit off for me. Um, one last conversation that I want to have is about Anna Marie. Anna Marie is, of course, on the reunion. And she has a moment where she goes back and forth with Crystal about the being, you know, did she lie? Did she not about being a nurse, anesthetist, whatever. And then she said to um, over to Sutton, she apologized for the esophagus comment. She came off so likable in this reunion. Anna Marie, she was not aggressive. She was not angry. She was not yelling at anyone. She was not loud. She was not upset. She was calm, cool, and collected. And this is a housewife performance that I actually liked. That being said, did you guys know that Anna Marie's mother was diagnosed with lung cancer and died three months later, all while she was filming this show? Guys, that is not okay of Real Housewives to eliminate that from the editing. Oh, no. Oh, no, Laura. Ah, I said the word aggressive. I didn't mean that in any way as a racially charged conversation. I just meant in the conversation. Oh, now I'm going to get in trouble. Delete, delete, delete. No, I am not in any way implying because of her race. I'm just saying as a human being in a conversation, it did not, it was very calm. It was not tense. It was very calm. She probably got some sort of, a, you know, a talking to from someone saying like, the best thing you can do is not get upset. She went after Crystal, but in a very calm way saying like, you know, I, you did say that. I do believe you lied, whatever, back and forth. Then today, Anna Marie, and by the way, Joe says, I don't think it was edited out. I think Anna Marie just did not bring it up on camera. That's not true because today she was on Heather McDonald and you guys told me to go and listen to this interview and I'm really glad I did. I thought it was a really good conversation. Anna Marie had a long conversation with her mother on camera talking about this. She also had a long conversation with Garcelle at her house talking about, you know, their similarities. Anna Marie has a life that none of us knew about watching the show, about being adopted, about being born to a Nigerian father and being raised in a, um, I believe she's Dutch. I can't remember specifically like her, her upbringing, upbringing and, and exactly where she's from, but 
how she was adopted, how she became a collegiate uh, basketball player, how she has four kids. She's up at 430. She's the head of a foundation. She has this part-time job as a nurse anesthetist. She's, she actually really, really worked. I, I don't understand why Real Housewives eliminated all this story. Maybe they didn't like her. Maybe they didn't want the fans to get invested. I don't know, but it feels, I feel really bad for her because all we got was esophagus talk. And she agrees that watching back that esophagus talk was cringeworthy. She agrees it was that bad. And it was that bad, y'all. It was that bad. So she looks back and she goes, I apologize. I apologize to Sutton. And then she tried to bring something up with Garcelle about the yelling comments saying, hey, if you're so upset that Dorit said that you were, you were attacking her, why didn't you stand up for me when Sutton said I was yelling at her? And Garcelle, instead of just saying, and I really, this is the one thing about Garcelle in last night's episode that I wish she didn't do. Garcelle should have said, I, I, I agree. And you're right. Like I should have said something for you, but instead Garcelle's like, you don't need me to stand up for you. You did just fine. A little hypocritical of Garcelle. I don't know. Anyway, I, um, it's interesting because you're also saying that, you know, what she talked about on social media afterwards was what was upsetting. And I agree. I think she got really defensive on social media. But you have to understand this is her first season. Do you guys know how hard it would be to just enter into the Housewives universe and be hated upon entry? Because a lot of these Housewives come in and they're just like, eh, I'm not sure if I like them or not, or I'm obsessed with them. But to come in and be hated universally across the board by every single person. And I mean, I see it on just on my own little tiny platform. It's got to be incredibly difficult. So she came in and she was very defensive and she said a lot about, you know, other doctors and whatever. And that part, you're right. I didn't love that about her, but maybe she's learned. She did, you know, go listen to Heather McDonald. I thought it was a really good interview of Anna Marie. That's all I can say about that. Okay, let's move on. Next week, of course, we're going to get more. We're going to talk about that. Very interesting. We have to talk about Real Housewives of Miami. But before we do that, I have um, I have to share something with you. Just one second. One minute off camera. I have written a poem. about Real Housewives. Can I read it to everyone? Good. In Beverly Hills, the ladies reign with style and glamor they entertain. From Lisa Vanderpump to Kyle and Erica Jane, their lives are filled with drama, never mundane. In Miami, the scene is just as hot with Alexia and Larsa giving it all they've got. They live in luxury with a flair for the bold, their stories and feuds never growing old. With diamonds and mansions, they live the dream, but behind the scenes, things aren't always as they seem. With friendships tested and alliances made, the housewife's world is a never-ending parade. So here's to the ladies of both coasts. May they always be fabulous hosts. Their lives are a spectacle, for all of us to see on Real Housewives, where drama is key. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm playing the role of Adriana. Frida Kahlo, who walked on stage yesterday and stood up multiple times with a piece of paper in her hand, including one time where she wrote she wrote a star, uh, a poem about stars that only Galileo would be proud of. And the only thing that she took uh, that anyone took from it was Alexia going, oh, 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 OK, so so you can admit I'm a star. OK, yeah, I'm a star. Yes, I am. I'm a very big star. Miami was one for the ages. If you have a headache, please do not watch Real Houses of Miami reunion. It will only increase your headache from grade zero level to 37,000. I mean, the only way to get through Miami is by being drunk, which is why Mary Saul and Alexia are drinking nonstop throughout the entire thing. This is a show of incredible personalities. They look like they're, they're gorgeous, right? Every single one, one of them. <laughs> Mark said, I wasn't getting Frida Kahlo. It's more office cleaning lady. Yeah, if you guys are listening to this episode, you have to go over to the, the YouTube version just to see that little, that poem. Um, so they all look amazing. They all, I mean, they came dressed to play. These women get it, right? They're all gorgeous. And I thought they all looked fantastic in their own way. Even, even Frida Kahlo was out of control. So what did we take from this reunion? I mean, the majority of this reunion was based a lot around Larsa. It was around Larsa's conversations with everyone. Who do you trust? Who do you not? Without going so much into detail, I think what we're getting set up for in this reunion is the Marcus and Larsa drama. Marcus was being filmed watching the reunion the entire time. Very much giving Rachel Levis during Scandal when she wasn't in the same room as Sheena. I found that highly interesting. Why was Marcus on camera the entire time? I don't get it. Well, I mean, we do get it. Because I think that there will be some drama coming up. But did the cameras just know that they had to film him the entire time? Like, I found that weird. Now, Marcus and Larsa's relationship make a lot of the reunion in this first part. We first talk about the fact that Larsa has sex five times a day. Okay. Is Lance still here? I hope not. Never, ever do I want to ever have sex five times a day. Ever. Never. Okay. And if you're like Johnny and Amy on Love is Blind, like you could get pregnant. I hope you're like being careful there because, you know, sex leads to babies. So Larissa talks about the fact that she's like, sorry, I'm, I'm just like so I'm so sexual. And you guys, I guess, clearly aren't like you guys obviously don't know <laughs> Lance. <laughs> Um, you guys clearly don't know about your sex lives and you don't feel as controlled over your sexual behavior as I do. And Marcus is like, damn, that's right. I just can't imagine that Marcus is co-signing this. This is not possible, you guys. It's not possible. Um, we also have conversations about, you know, Gertie's very upset with Larsa over the lies that Larsa has told and she believes she's the biggest potster. Of course, Kiki is mad at Larsa because she feels like Larsa completely left her friendship or just kind of left her in the dust when she started dating Marcus, which, by the way, is a very natural thing to happen. I do believe, like, not standing up for Larsa necessarily, but I do believe that's like a normal thing that happens when you get in a relationship and you're friends with someone who's single. It's it's kind of hard to, like, keep going. Um, also, uh, let me think what else 
was like so shocking or so interesting. Of course, we had a lot of conversations about Marisol, how Marisol, Marisol is the, is like a cyber bully or Adriana is convinced she's a cyber bully because she got one DM from a fan that said Marisol is DMing other Bravo creators. Guys, you should see what comes into my DMs. If I believed everything that was in my DMs, like I would be Craig with a, an alien hat here. And like pandas definitely aren't real. Like the, the amount, because I'm convinced and no offense to you guys, because I know you guys are fans of these shows and of, of podcasters, but I'm convinced fans create 97% of the drama on the housewives universe because people say everything and anything to kind of like, you know, get people talking. Um, finally, we have uh, a conversation about Oh, and then they also said that Mar Marisol hired a private investigator. And she's like, come on, please. Like, I have the time. I'm not putting it past her. What do you guys think? Alexia then goes into a conversation about Todd, um, who I can't stand. And I struggle with Alexia. We know this already. And about why Todd didn't want to go to the own party because Adriana. And is it Adriana or is it not? And now I feel like Tom Schwartz because I'm saying Adriana. And is it Adriana? Or is it Adriana? You remember how Tom Schwartz calls Ariana, Ariana. Um, can't stand Alexia. It drives me nuts the way she talks. I can't stand that she talks over everyone. She really, really irks me to no end. At one point, everyone is fighting. Lars is yelling at Alexia. Nicole's yelling at uh, Mary Saul. Um, we have, uh, you know, Adriana singing fire in the corner. Like everyone is going at it. And then all of a sudden, Julia kisses Kiki. This is the part of the show that is so wild and so likable, is that in the midst of literal chaos, where 15 women are just screaming things from every side, all of a sudden you look over and Julia's like, hello, Kiki, you would like to kiss? Andy goes, why are you kissing her? And she goes, because I want the, everyone to stop talking. It worked. I found it real interesting. Um... I mean, if I was, it was if I was Martina, I'd be like, let's like maybe hold off on the kissing booth. Doesn't it feel like Julia is hosting a kissing booth? A kissing booth that she like isn't getting paid for. Well, I guess she is getting paid for in some capacity. Um, obviously, we're going to learn more next week and the week after. But the end of the episode ends with Alexia coming to say hi to Marcus and Larsa and Larsa going after Alexia. Something about some rumor about cocaine. Drink every time I say the word cocaine on Bravo co conversations and, you know, we'll have to see how it goes back. Oh, yeah. Alexia is the most delusional human being in the entire world. When Alexia said, I brought the least because I am the only one on this cast that doesn't lie. All of America knows that I don't lie. Not me. I mean, you, you, my, my crew here. And by my crew, I mean my lamp and, and my target bag. Okay, let's see what happens next week on Miami. Are we okay? Do we need to do a stretch, a stretch, a stretch? This is time for a snack break. Don't go anywhere. We are getting into Love is Blind at the 58-minute mark. Oh, you guys. Oh, you guys. Two episodes. It is a must-watch. Let's break it down relationship by relationship. Brittany and Kenneth have broken up. We know that. They are officially completely off the show. 
They were not invited to the group party. They are gone. I don't know where they are. They've gone back to where they came from. Like, we don't know where she is. We don't know where he is. I find that a little unfair. Brittany should have had a chance to come back to the lake house party with the whole crew because maybe she could have hooked up with Trevor. Like, why couldn't have Brittany had a chance to hook up with someone else? That really upset me. I didn't love that. Um, so Brittany and Kenneth are gone. Boring and boring uh, squared, Amy and Johnny. That's the couple that are highly, I think, religious. She's um, she's Latina. He is American, Caucasian. And they meet with her dad. It was a very sweet meeting, um, talking just about life and about relationships and whatever. And he asks for her, his hand in He asks for his approval, basically, to marry daughter. Everything works out. Kumbaya with those two. They Like, nothing can go wrong with those two. They did have another conversation about babies. We need to have a serious dialogue about this. If you are young and you are a man or a woman and you are trying to possibly at some point have babies, actually, if if you're a man, just you know, please, Please do not, and I mean it seriously, do not have a vasectomy as a form of prevention when you know you will want kids down the line, okay? Do you guys know vasectomy is not an in and out? I don't know what school Johnny went to, but he didn't go to a school. And by the way, I didn't go to school for this. I just literally was a human being and Googled. He he threw it out there last episode. Maybe I just get a vasectomy before we have kids. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me just go under and have my vast deference tied and twisted. I don't get it. I don't understand this. This is incredibly confusing to me. They're so petrified to have kids. She can't have birth control because of something, a condition that she has. And he is so scared to use a freaking condom because things possibly can go wrong with condoms that they won't have sex. Uh, what? This is so confusing. He also talks about, this is really interesting. Ray says, what's with retiring earlier? He keeps saying he doesn't want to be working when he's 50. You guys, 50 is tomorrow for me. If I stop working when I'm 50, what the hell am I going to do with my life? I'm a daily dose of Donna goes until I'm 96. All right. So get ready, you guys. Get ready. We have 56 more years of this. Hope you're around. He wants to. He's a software, he's in sales, he's in software sales. He wants to retire at 50 and he wants to teach kids how to surf. I could not think of a worse job. I have kids. They've taken surfing lessons. I cannot think of a worse job than having to teach kids how to surf or skate or anything like that. What? If I was, if I was, um, what's it called? Uh, um, her dad that he said it to, I would say like, that's the goal. That's the goal. Anyway, I mean, listen, condoms do have the potential of error. So does pulling out. So does, I mean, all of these things do. But there's the plan B pill. Like there's so many options here. I don't understand. I don't understand. It's so confusing to me. They're so boring. Guys, they're so boring. They're sitting outside of their yurt. Is that what it's called, yurt? They're sitting outside of their their tent glamping and they just are kissing and she's eating s'mores and he's like, you have s'mores on your lip. And she's like, I'm so kissy today. 
Ooh, they remind me literally of 17 year olds or like 16 year olds in a religious school who just started dating. They just kiss. They don't go past first base. They eat s'mores and they, you know, go camping. Very confused. Let's move on to another couple. Let's move on to, um, let's talk about AD and Clay. I actually really loved AD and Clay in these last couple episodes. AD has this beautiful mother, amazing conversation with her mother that she brings in. I mean, what a beautiful relationship. AD gets emotional saying, mom, I'm so glad that you're here for me. Thank you so much for being here. You're such an important part of my life. And AD's mom, she knows what's up because Clay is so petrified of marriage because his parents got divorced after 20 some years. And this is how it works. A lot of times when you're see- when you're the child of divorce, I don't care if you're five or 20, it eps you up and it makes you scared. So she's scared. He's scared of marriage. And the mom says, that's our own shit. That's your parents' shit. Do not let that affect you. Genius words. Loved that conversation. Am I crazy to believe that Clay has actually become a really good dude? Clay and AD, they're the only couple, well, Johnny and Amy, obviously, they're already married. Clay and AD are 100% to me going to get married. I can't see it going off because they had like a date night. They were cute when they went to the lake party. The only issue she has is his schedule. Can we talk about like what's going on with his schedule? What does he do? He Airbnbs places and he does sales. How many months is he? How many nights is he not home? That's weird. She also works at a nightclub, which I found kind of interesting. She's like the Maddie of Southern hospitality. She like runs. She's like a hostess at a nightclub like a general hostess manager. That can be a little tricky. If I can, you know, wrap my head around that. I I don't know if I'd want to be married to that, but she seems like a great woman. She also does real estate. Like I love them. They're good. They're good. So Amy, Johnny, Clay, AD, I think they're good. We have to talk about Laura and Jeremy. Jeremy, you know, the long lost Duggar son from Hawaii, not really, but in his Hawaiian shirts, obviously we ended episode nine with them in this crazy conversation about Sarah Ann. Sarah Ann was someone that Jeremy was in a relationship with in the pods. He chose Laura over Sarah Ann. Obviously it was a mistake because Laura met him and she was like, whoa, dude, you're such a dork. You're wearing those glasses. You're wearing a Hawaiian shirt. You're so embarrassing. Like, oh my God, Laura couldn't stand Jeremy. Let's be real. Like, let's be fucking for real for a second. Laura couldn't stand Jeremy from day one. She thought he was so annoying. She was making fun of his small wee wee with a banana. Like there was something going on there, right? Now, she and Jeremy have this huge falling out because he ends up going out wrong. This was wrong, but he ends up going out, meeting Sarah Ann out at a bar with a bunch of friends and spending apparently the entire night until 5, 5.30 with her, driving her home, not getting out of the car or going into her apartment, but I'm sure they hooked up. Let's be real. Okay. At least they kissed right? There was clearly a relationship there. Sarah Ann did F this up because she sent a text to Jeremy saying, or a DM when they got out of the pod saying like, if it doesn't work, let me know I'm here. Yes, that's a mistake. But just like we saw later with Chelsea and um, Jimmy, like just because someone says, hey, if you want, I'm still around or whatever, it doesn't mean that you have to go for it. Like Jeremy was not happy with Laura. It's very obvious. And I understand it. Like you're just starting to date. You're just hooking up and you're 
you know, fiance is making fun of you left and right and like calling you out for weird things that you're doing. It, I don't think she was being nice. I don't think she was being nice to, to him at all. Um, he ends up having a conversation with, so they, they basically break up or like end the engagement, I guess. I mean, it was weird. It's like, we didn't really know. He has a conversation with his mom saying, I think I messed up. She's like, yeah, you did. And you're lucky you were with her and not me because I wouldn't have gone to sleep. I would have sat there in the living room waiting for you to get home at five 30. I mean, what he did was, was completely not okay. Right. Like obviously he cheated on her and if he didn't cheat on her, he wanted to, um, the next we see the two of them is at the lake house when they have this big party with all the house, all the housewives. <laughs> Can you imagine? All of a sudden, Dorinda is there. Kyle Richards is there. Um, I want to see a housewives love is blind spinoff. It's with all the, a lot of the pod people, but like very strategically picked. There's a girl, Mackenzie. I didn't know who she was. There's of course, Jessica. Um, and I need to, you know, I'm doing this a little backwards because I'm doing it couple by couple. So we're going to go back. We're going to go back and, and talk about this. So in this lake house, Jeremy and Laura have not seen each other. I guess she doesn't even know he's coming, but he comes and she's like, kill me. Just like, take me out. Like, shoo me in the face. Like, she's so dramatic and so over the top. I like her, but like, she's annoying. Not annoying, mean. She's mean. She's like a mean girl. Jeremy comes, we know football you know, baseball hat, Hawaiian shirt, living it up, trying to have fun. And then sure enough, Laura and him have this conversation. She doesn't even sit down. She's standing there and she's ready to tear him a new one. And she does tear him a new one. You're a liar. You're a narcissist. You're awful. You're disgusting. You're, you're a loser. You, um, you know, go kick rocks with an open toe. <laughs> I love that. Go kick rocks with an open toe. Um, obviously, their engagement ended and he was more concerned about like, I just want to have fun with these people because he doesn't care about her either. Like she's pretending that she had feelings for him. I think her ego is hurt more than ever, more than anything. Meanwhile, Sarah Ann shows up to this party and that's the girl that he was in the car with until 530. She has a conversation with AD where AD is like, isn't that crazy of you? to send a DM like that, knowing that he's engaged. And Sarah Ann had an interesting take. Yes, I do think it was wrong of Sarah Ann to do this, but Sarah Ann's like, I don't get it. I was just as much in this experience as all of you all. I still have feelings. My feelings are valid. Yes, and she didn't have any respect for Laura. So it was a little bit of a, mm, not sure if I can really jump behind what you're saying. Sarah Ann. Um, she and AD have this weird conversation. And I think Sarah Ann is not, obviously she's not going to be like the girl's girl because she's more concerned with her relationship with Jeremy. And Jeremy likes her. And the two of them went off to the dock and had a long conversation where she was like, I don't want to be painted in this horrible way as this, like basically this homewrecker and this slut. I was just in it, just like them. I had feelings for you. I didn't, I didn't know that you were engaged. I didn't know how well things were going. I assumed you guys were good, but you told me things were bad and et cetera, et cetera. So whatever, Sarah Ann and Jeremy, good for them. Honestly, at the end of the day, these people have known each other 25 days. It's not like Sarah Ann came in there and broke up a seven-year marriage. Jeremy would have not responded to Sarah Ann had he not wanted to. He had feelings for her. He didn't like Laura in that way. It was very clear. 
So they're off like, you know, gallivanting in the ocean on a jet ski, leaving on a jet ski, you know, never to come back again. We'll probably see them at the reunion. Hopefully they're still together. Okay. So now Laura and Jeremy are done. So out of these four couples that got engaged, five couples, we only have three that are still in the running. And the final one are Chelsea and Jimmy. And if you guys remember, if you guys remember, Chelsea is the Megan Fox lookalike. Quote, however, I did see a TikTok where a guy took Megan Fox's face and superimposed it on Chelsea's face. And they do have a lot of similarities. Their nose and their eyes are almost exactly identical. So listen, after a few beers, maybe you're like, oh, they're just the same, you know? Chelsea, guys, we have a problem here. Jimmy needs to run the F away from Chelsea. And I don't think he has. I have a weird feeling those two got married. But in this first episode, they go, remember, we finished episode nine with them having a huge fight, right? A huge fight because she's like, you didn't kiss me today. He's like, I kissed you three times. You didn't even talk to me today. He's like, I talked to you all day. You didn't even, you don't love me. You saw Jessica's picture. You don't love me. He leaves and goes out. The next day, we see the cameras at the end of episode nine, where she's like, I was so hurt that you left. I can't believe you left. And I have to go and meet your parents today. That was how the episode ended. They made up. We see them meeting his parents. His parents are like, hey, guys, like totally. I mean, sweet, sweet family, mom, dad, and sister. And they go out. And all of a sudden, they... um you know, they're all chatting. They're having a great time. Jimmy and Chelsea could not seem more in love, could not seem happier, could not seem more comfortable. Honestly, if this was the relationship, for the most part, I would be like, they're in a great relationship, but it isn't, right? Because then the second they go home, apparently she gets dirty martini drunk. We don't see her drinking those dirty martinis. Do you think they're drinking dirty martini martinis in their gold wine glasses? That would taste awful. I can't drink a martini unless it's in a martini glass. Like I just, I'm a, I'm like Dorit with glassware. Okay. I'm like Dorit. Um, so, Ooh, Brianna says unpopular opinion. I don't think any of them get married this season. Brianna, even Johnny and Amy. I think they do. I think Johnny, Amy, Clay and AD for sure got married. If I'm wrong, I could be maybe about Clay and AD. But Johnny and Amy, if they don't get married, like, where else? Where else? Thank you, Brianna, for the super sticker. I appreciate you. Okay. Finally, um, uh, they are drinking and having this lovely conversation on her on their balcony about the fun day with the parents and how great it was and how happy they are. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Chelsea turns about the fact that Jimmy went out the night before. She goes, you went out last night and you didn't even invite me. She goes, yeah, I did. I invited you. I said, you probably don't want to come, but if you want to come, you should come. She's like, I don't want to be with a guy who goes out. She goes, well, I don't go out all the time. It was my friend's birthday. I was gone for an hour and a half and most of it was driving time. I had one drink. I don't want to be with someone that goes out. You told me in the pods, you never go out. That is not who I want to be with. I can't believe you would lie to me. I can't believe that you would take this relationship. And are you, are you in love with Jessica? Like it was the most insane 
escalation of a fight that I've ever seen in my life. And it goes to show how alcohol, and this is not like a, a conversation about alcohol, but it goes to show how much alcohol can affect your your critical thinking or your logical thinking when it comes to these things. Because like, how could she go from a conversation about, you know, I love you so much, everything's fine to like, you're a liar, you like to go out. What kind of marriage are you going to be in if you don't want your husband and you to go to a friend's birthday party for an hour and a half? She wants him to never leave her house. She wants him to become a recluse. Uh, I don't get it. I am so confused by this information. I am so confused by this relationship. And he starts getting upset. And she's like, I don't even want to be with you. And he's like, well, if you don't want to be with me, then I don't want to be with you. And she's like, babe. Babe, don't say that, babe, babe. And her mouth, babe, why would you say that to me, babe? I just don't understand. I really want, babe, don't leave, babe. I love you. But why are you say, Why are you going out? You shouldn't be going out with people. It is so unreal to see it. And for her to watch that back has got to be the most cringy experience I've ever imagined. So he says, F this, I'm out, I'm gone. But of course, the next day he comes over, he comes back and he's like, you crossed my boundaries. I thought he was going to stay strong. I thought he was going to say, Chelsea, this is not going to work for me. But no, Chelsea's got a hold over him. She must have a magic vagina because he, she has a hold over him unlike anything I've ever seen. And she decides like, no, you are the one for me. I, I want to be with you. And he's like, so do I. I love you. We're going to make it work. And even though they went to the lake house and he got to talk to hottie Jessica and she got to talk to hottie Trevor, nothing changed. They choose each other. They want to be with each other. Uh, I think, I think that this is a, a, a major problem. And I think we've, we need to uh, figure out how to, you know, get Jimmy help, get him out of that. Jimmy. Wink twice, Jimmy, clap twice if you need help. Do you need removal? I mean, like we can change your identity. Like we can do things. We can do things. <laughs> what we do know about is gold cup size nutrition with Joy says. Yeah, we heard about that. I do not want to hear about Jimmy's Jimmy. Okay. Anyway, we'll have to see what happens. I think Jimmy is a people pleaser and I think he's scared to hurt people's feelings. That's my gut feeling on Jimmy. He's scared of his parents already now like Chelsea and want him to be with her. He doesn't want to hurt them. And I think he's scared of Chelsea and he doesn't want to hurt her. And I think he's scared of America. And he's like, I don't want to be looking like the dick. So, um, yeah. Anyway, babe. You guys, this was such an amazing, amazing 80 minutes with you. Do you know how much I enjoy Daily Dose of Donna and I enjoy all my dosers that come out here? If you're new here, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for spending time in the comments. Let me know more about your thoughts in the comments below. I am releasing a Patreon today. We'll go deeper. And that's what she said on Jax and Brittany's separation since it just came out during the show. Of course, we'll talk about anything new that any new developments. We're going to talk about a couple of other personal things and, um, you know, more stuff. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a great one. Bye.